This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 8. Third edition, please. Don't go. Music by Ben Prunty. Remember that? Tim Allen? Do you remember Tim Allen? Bumble to Bumble? Bumble to Bumble? Is jungle it... to Jungle? <laughs> the Steel the steel Jungle? New York City. I can't. To Africa. Oh boy. Welcome to Space Cats Peace Turtles, a Twilight Imperium podcast specifically about uh, Twilight Imperium and the people who love it and the people who hate it and, and the Tim people Allen. who hate us and the people who love us. Nobody hates us. Nobody. <laughs> How could they? How could they? Our opinions are so agreeable. Last week we talked about what we're not going to miss from Twilight Imperium 3. We're now mm-hmm. we're in this transition period of getting Twilight Imperium 4. We still don't have it yet, worth noting. Right. It feels like we're getting dangerously close. Very though. dangerously. Um, but now we want to talk about the stuff that we are going to miss from TI3. The stuff that we know is going away and that maybe TI4 isn't worse for it, but just the things that we definitely are going to miss having at our disposal right? in yeah. games of Twilight Imperium. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of, where do you want to dive in? I know, I know a good one. Let's get it out of the way. Let's just get this out of the way. Yeah. I got to talk about the Yen Brotherhood. Oh. I know. <laughs> no, that's not what, that's that's not that's not what I going. thought you were going. No, okay, uh, cool. I just want, because I don't want to spend much time on it, but to continue harping on this Yen Brotherhood so, thing. So wait, so, whoa, 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 check, check which episode you're listening to. This We're talking about things we will miss. We're about to say something nice. Yeah. Matt exactly. Does anyways, I don't have anything to say. I enjoy Twilight Imperium Three, Yin Brotherhood, and the thing with the Yin Brotherhood is they start with these really, really great destroyers. And destroyers, to me, in TI Three, are not something ever worth upgrading unless their upgrades are a necessary part of better upgrades. Mm-hmm. They're but kind I, of the underdog unit. They're the underdog of unit, Imperium and the dr- destroyer tech was something that was out of the way there was no reason to go for it mm-hmm. for the most part unless mm-hmm. you were like jolnar and just were like oh what else can i get oh my gosh i'm so right rich. right yeah you're just having a great game and getting whatever you want and the yin brotherhood started with these better destroyers that were very very fun to play with and were good i mean it was really great using these good destroyers it was just never worth going for in a normal game and that was part of what i loved about the yin brotherhood was like going all out destroyers and having very very good ones not just for sacrificing but just because they were super super good units right fighters and i mean having a fighter screen in general is a very very common like strategy in ti and i feel like there was actually a point in our when we were playing ti where basically everybody was just playing the same with just going heavy fighters all the time it got more varied as we went on fighters and dreadnoughts yeah fighters get type four drive get advanced fighters nobody went war sun for a long time like that was just how our group played it was just like fighters fighters so if you played a strong yin brotherhood and like you had this other thing that nobody else had right yeah nobody no like i don't know for the longest time nobody i don't think i ever even built a destroyer for a really long time and then i started understanding the utility of them but it took a while and and another point within this and this is something i've talked to hunter about a little bit before is just i'm honestly kind of upset not upset but he's crying right now i'm crying crying right now i just wiped away a tear from my face that in ti4 
nobody starts with unit upgrades unit upgrades are a thing that everyone has a baseline sure a couple races have like distinctly different like units. their baseline is better their baseline is better the nalu fighters are just like better the dread the lizix dreadnoughts are cheaper so there's a little bit in there but i was hoping that with the new upgrade system would mean some races started with an upgrade i mean i hoped that the yin brotherhood would just start with the upgraded destroyers and mm-hmm. things like that so that it was a if anything to have an upgrade that you already owned and didn't have to go down the tech tree that it required i just thought that would be interesting and if anything i think that's the room for this addition to grow in expansions is to see new races that that have more dynamic starts they took all the races for ti4 and kind of made like a baseline of like we'll have one race that starts with every single one of the basic techs and every single one of the level one techs. We'll have a bunch of races that start with two techs a piece. And like, they just made it a very even flat, you know, evenly distributed metric. Right. And I want to see more dynamic starting techs. And I, I felt like Ian Brotherhood would have been an opportunity to do that. Um, just starting with those good destroyers. Mm-hmm. But they done goofed there. They done mm-hmm. goofed. We Once again, we are designing a better board game yeah. than Fantasy Flight mm-hmm. games. Corey. Get at us, boys. Klaus, Wouts, and Zoutsy. I'm coming at you. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Let's stay on the discussion of, uh, of races that are changing. Um, and this is stuff we've talked about a lot because we've had a lot of faction discussions. But yeah, the Winu have completely changed. And TI four, they are the Mechatol race. And in TI three, they were they were kind of just generally pretty yeah, good at everything. They were just good at like, everything. They were very like middle of the road, like kind of just got a lot of fun yeah. bonuses and a lot of different directions. Yeah. Like they are the only race with a racial ability that specifically refers to an action card. That was always very <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, they that... just like oh yeah, local unrest doesn't work on their planets with a single ground force. Just leave us alone yeah and i don't know i feel like some of those aspects didn't get reflected in the new like they did a full redesign on them and i'm gonna miss having this race that's kind of like we are the race that is good at twilight imperium and not maybe they lacked flavor they weren't very sexy they were just pretty generally solid but strategically it was a very fun place to start the game yeah i agree starting with a yellow tech specialty starting with you know, you didn't have to spend strategy counters to do the tech strategy card. I mean, mm-hmm. that's hugely powerful. I don't think that would operate well in TI4 with the command counter economy. That's that's too much of a of a boost, I think. But it, it's interesting because our complaint with them essentially is that not that they're bad. There's no, we've covered this so many times. Right. There's no there's no there's really no such thing as bad in a game this dynamic. But they lack versatility. That's the key word we've yeah. come up with. But if you think about their TI3 counterpart, it's pretty much the opposite. Only, yeah. Lots only of versatility. Versatile. Just kind of like, hey, do like just, do just kind anything. of a blank canvas yeah. with which to paint your TI3 right. game with. Yeah. That was a that was lame. Yeah. A blank canvas with which <laughs> to paint to put your experiences into the game. <laughs> you little Picasso of Twilight Imperium. Uh, another another thing that I'm going to miss, I think Hunter disagrees with this point, but, uh, and there's been a lot of kind of back and forth. I think there's, I think this one is definitely up in the air as far as the community is concerned, but transfer actions. Um, yeah, I didn't lie. I don't, I think you're in a real weird spot with this one. I yeah. don't think there's a big transfer action community. No, there's people that there's, there's an obvious utility, but definitely transfer actions suffer from being kind of needlessly complex. And in fact, the game we played last weekend, I ran into 
I never I destroyed him. Hunter rules me. I had no idea that when you did a transfer action, both systems were required to contain your units. I thought they just had to be systems you controlled. They now be ships. It has course, to be ships. It ha- like, yeah, it, it has can't to be even ships. just be. Yeah. Now, of course, that is the case if you follow the extremely strict control. Uh, mechanic as it's defined by TI3, we kind of pulled away from that because so many situations were, would come up where it was just like, that's absolutely ridiculous. So the whole idea is like, you don't control a system unless you control the space and the planets. Right. And so if you control the planet adjacent to your home system and all the systems surrounding it, but you didn't have a ship in that planet, you technically didn't control that system. That's so crazy. Which was always dumb to me. And I agree that like the rules make it sound like you don't control that system, but we just kind of stopped playing that way because it was just so annoying. Mainly annoying to teach new players because there's nothing worse than like having this game of TI where you keep teaching players new rules, but so often the only way you can, like, you can't explain every single rule to a new TI3 player, and so the only way you can teach them some of these rules is for them to run into the mistakes and then you say, oh, you can't do that because of this arbitrary thing. And Transfer actions was one of those things. Flagships only being able to be built in a home system was another. There's like all these rules where it's just like arbitrary stipulations. And for a new player to learn that rule, the context was always, I want to do this. Oh, you can't. Why? Because the rules say so. This game isn't very fun. Mm-hmm. And you just, yeah. you. Did. I won't miss transfer actions, yeah. actually. So, I mean, like, we, we kind of disagree on this one because I never, I thought the rule was too obtuse. And I thought too often when I saw people using transfer actions, I didn't think they were really using it for the intention of them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oftentimes people use transfer actions to move units away from a space dock and, and build, build out of that it. space dock yeah. in one go, which to me sounds like two actions. Yeah. And I'm not saying it was against the rules to do that. It just seemed it, like too much. But it just seemed like and not the intention. They definitely, I agree in ti4 and i think it just scares me i think it's the part that i'm most afraid of with ti4 is just like how dangerous this command counter economy is going to be with no transfer actions with with more expensive command counters just everything i i am afraid i hope it will be fun i think it will be fun but there's the part of me that's like man that's gonna make it a really tight experience every round is just gonna be like i do not have enough to do what I want to do ever throughout the entire game. Yeah. I don't I think I maybe only did a transfer action like one or two times in my entire life. I would Twilight do them Imperium. as often as possible. I know, I know. Yeah. And and I knew a lot of people who would use them and they always felt it just didn't feel like the right spirit to me. Like it yeah. like I mean, if someone was doing it to to do what I felt like the intention was, which to me I felt the intention was to, to simply swap units in between two systems yeah or like almost like a composition type thing like this fleet is like kind of i don't like the way these two fleets right. are looking i want to swap them around you need a little to get that bit. dreadnought with the other fleet you need right to get that right everything. that kind of utility um and like i understood that but i i never saw that i always saw people using them as to in my opinion kind of like a shortcut yeah. to move and build yeah. that's always abusing the, the already extra command counters you have and just like and i i don't even have to use as many to do this right yeah and it wasn't it's it's not huge because basically whatever i mean it's still the same result 
is you move out and then build, but there are two actions instead of being able to get it done in one, like, turn. It just seemed like a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, and I nailed you for it last game. (laughs) Nailed you. I tried to do a transfer action, and and then Hunter did his thing where he just kind of scuttled away and then sifted his head into the rule book for a bit and then came back four minutes later and was like, actually, Matt, I don't believe you can't. I rules lawyered him, and I don't normally do that unless it will affect uh, my plan. Yeah, and the thing was that it he directly affected. His it directly <laughs> affected what I needed to do to get a victory point, um, and I knew if he had to do it the way he was supposed to in the rules that I was going to be able to grab that point, and yeah. in the end, that was the result. So next up, we want to talk about um, this one's a big deal to me. Honestly, I think this one's huge too. Um, actually, in TI three base game, there was this thing of kind of you played with the same system tiles pretty much every game because you only had enough really to make one kind of universe yeah with just like a couple left over basically. with a couple left over and the expansions kept adding more and more system tiles and i got very into having all of those system tiles i was really into i mean just the planets had a lot of flavor too mm-hmm. things like industrex just look great on the board yeah just like crazy planets with yeah. interesting utilities having the and stuff. having the gravity rift with a planet inside of it trade stations trade stations even though like i never loved using trade stations i loved how they looked yeah on the board yeah it gave the 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 galaxy you were playing felt like it was always pretty yes. different and in TI4, they've scaled it back down. We're pretty much right back to all the basic systems, which means, realistically, we have half of the number of system tiles that we have. That's that's kind of excluding all of the race uh, tiles that we're going to have. Basically, there were 70 other tiles in TI3 by the time you had both expansions, and there's going to be like 34 with base game TI4. Mm-hmm. So it just is going to be a little bit sad to be kind of right back to... You know, you can always, you always know Quan's going to be there. You always know, right? you know, Rayron and Cornique are going to be there. It's kind of just this thing of... The, and Abyss and Freya right, and Starpoint. All, all the mainstays Albion are, and We're doing that thing again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just... And Greg. And Greg. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, this is a small point to make, but I just think there's something to the aesthetic of TI of like, always having a very different map and the fact that it's in the base game really just a different variation of the same map it's mm-hmm. just a shuffling of the map right i don't think is as interesting as a completely different map because think time. guys think about how much you're gonna man you're gonna wear that ti4 out Ooh. you know you're gonna be playing it so much and yeah i mean i i think it is gonna start to feel like oh this is the same galaxy over and over now i mean this is a really light complaint basically because yeah. the, i mean as as we all well know twilight imperium is all about like moving Everything parts and so much planet. like yeah. well there's that but i mean i just mean like there's so many parts of twilight imperium that add right. so much randomness so much yeah. so much uh, like that can just be happening in this one game experience right. that the tiles i mean like it's not a huge point but it is something you know i mean like having that giant stack it was it was great yeah and we'll get back up there, you know. There's right, gonna be... there's gonna, yeah. I, it, I almost, I'm in the boat that there will definitely be TI4 expansions. The game seems built to be primed for better designed expansions, mm-hmm. and I think system tiles will be like one of the main for sure. of every expansion. For sure. Is there any particular system tiles we want to talk about? Maybe one. Maybe there's one in particular. What, maybe something we want to talk about next. The next us? thing, the next nexus us. thing we want to talk about is the wormhole nexus, mm-hmm. uh, which I am desperately going to miss. Yeah, it was such a. It was a very, very cool tile because uh, it, like, functioned in a way that no other tile functioned. And you know what? I think it was 
for the kind of power it granted you, it was still perfectly balanced. Mm -hmm. That it was, they wanted to do something that connected all the wormholes together, but they didn't, I mean, outside of the Ghost of Creus, like having that specific ability to be able to give the ability for someone else to do that same thing, but it effectively taking one more movement to do Mm -hmm. so. I mean, I never felt like I was given too much power with the Wormhole Nexus. And the fact that they made the planet a zero three, that's like a necessary, a necessary inclusion to make that it's more about the system than it is about the planet. The planet is just so that you can set up a post there, mm-hmm. but the system is where it is useful. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to really, really miss having that around. I mean, to the effect, to, to the point of that'll probably be another one of the earliest things I add in from my TI three copy Ooh. things. I want to add to TI four. Naughty. I know. Well, you know what? We're talking six months or so, but right. Once once we start to really feel the patterns of TI four, yeah. Once we feel really and before confident. we have any expansions, I'm gonna want to start throwing some of that stuff in, and and that's definitely an inclusion. But the only reason not to include it, at least in TI three, TI four, it won't operate the same way. So I'm actually more interested in having it in TI four. Yeah, it's weird that it's been excluded because it was sort of fixed. It was sort of actually because the problem with the wormhole nexus is how it worked in conjunction with the Ghosts of Creus. It did not interact very well. Yeah, and there were, there are multiple things that did not interact very well with the Ghosts of Creus. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's a secret objective where you have to control wormholes, and if a Ghost of Creus player was in the game, that secret objective was either impossible or was a thing that the Ghosts of Creus were just going to do right, very like easily. It, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, on to the discussion of the wormhole nexus. The Ghosts of Creus, if they were in a wormhole system, you could not go through the wormholes to them. Which meant the wormhole nexus existing off of the board, the only way to get to it was through a wormhole. If the Ghost of Creus took the wormhole nexus, they have a second home system. Right. I mean, it's just... They have a hidey hole. They have basically. a hidey hole that they can you can never do anything about. And if they... I mean, so that's what we're saying. Do we like, think that was the intention, though? Was that the intention of the design, you think? I don't... I mean, they. it's definitely a consideration of the design because, like we said, that planet, Malice, being a 0-3 meant, A, they're not getting any resources out of having this extra thing mm-hmm. it's just a few influence and it has a terrible production capacity so they were, they were never able to just build up ridiculous fleets and then push out so i don't know if it was specifically the intent but you could tell they thought about it before they put the game out you know before they put this mechanic out they knew it was going to interact strangely mm-hmm. but i would never decide if the wormhole nexus was going to be a component we played with until everyone revealed all their races and if we didn't have a ghost of Creus player it would be like okay we're now allowed to use the wormhole right. nexus but if ghosts were in auto not include i also feel like we've kind of found maybe a point I don't know. I think we found a point in the TI community that I think we can all agree on. I don't think anybody really likes that. Like, yeah. I don't really see why yeah. anyone would be like, oh, yeah, it's cool that the that Creus would be able to just lock down a, yeah. a whole space to itself. It's against the flavor of everything about Twilight. I'm yeah, sure. that, that there would something be like, well, you just can't. Like, yeah. you just can't. Right. Like, imagine if you had basically eliminated Creus from the game. Right. Like, they had played really stinky. Yeah. And they were done. But they just had, like, some, this like, a space stock. and couldn't touch. And, yeah, and then they just get to slowly rebuild from exactly. nothing. Like, yeah, it's so yeah. weird. Yeah. So the next thing is a, kind of a structural uh, thing. We've got a couple points, really, that I'll hit on similar notes. Um, I am going to miss... Um, the Age of Empire variant. I'm going to miss it a lot, too. We are completely in agreement on this one, yeah. actually, 100%. And it's it's funny, though, because it's something I haven't played with in a long time. Like, it's something that I currently miss. Mm-hmm. I, I very much miss playing with Age of Empire because we've gotten to the point where we play with the white variant strategy cards all the time. And 
it we means... also we've explained before though we play with we, we are going through a phase in our lives mm-hmm. where we are preaching yes. twilight imperium we are teaching new people all the time all how the time. to play it and we don't have that hardcore group like we used to have and i feel like age of empire if you're teaching a new group and you're trying to do age of empire that's overwhelming yeah it is it is completely um so the way Age of Empire worked, for those that don't know or never tried it out, it's worth trying out because it was where you could lay out all of the objectives from the start of the game, and you knew what they were. There were a couple of restrictions on like when you would be allowed to start acquiring Stage 2 objectives, but what was interesting about this is the point that I like to drive home when I talk about enjoying having variant um, like modules in TI, because... Mm-hmm. I didn't want to play with Age of Empire every single game. It's not how I want Twilight Imperium to work. Yeah, it's not your vanilla it's Twilight not my Imperium. Vanilla, but I love doing it every once in a while. Like Hunter said, when we have like a solid group of players who really want to just shake it up, we've, we've played the past six games kind of the same. What can we do to really change things up? Age of Empire is like the first thing that I want to include when yeah, I want to like change. Yeah, it's like fast mode. It's exactly. like, let's just play really yeah. fast. And, le- and it would always be a very dramatic game yeah. because people were making big moves all the time right. because they had all these different objectives yeah. to go. The other thing that we uh, have to include in this conversation is we will miss Imperial 2. Imperial right. 2 was a... Uh, first expansion edition that replaced the bad imperial that we talked about last episode Mm -hmm. and what it allowed you to do is during the status phase you could qualify for as many public objectives you as you wanted to and since you had every single public objective on the board like hunter said you would have these huge swings like insane plays someone if you did it right i think with imperial 2 i mean you could realistically score like nine points in a single round yeah if if you had every if everything went your way and well i don't know about nine just because of the stage two limit in in combination with many other mechanics is what i'm saying sure you you could have these ridiculously huge swings and within that you would have very very fast games which is great um it it completely changed twilight imperium from being this like oh it's gonna have to be an all-day affair you with age of empire you can play a game in three hours with very especially if you got people that really know how to play um I, I just thought of a really goofy analogy for this that I really like um, and that I think if you're like really grossed out by w- us talking about this, uh, <laughs> like you're like, no, that's not my Twilight Imperium. Think about it this way. Um, basketball is to the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> as twilight imperium is to age of empires age of empires was like let's do this let's, let's get goofy yeah let's let's, let's start breaking let's go rules. fast like yeah yeah fast and loose silly big like dramatic right. moments would just happen yeah. like yeah it was fun i actually like talking about it right now i actually really miss it yeah well and you know it's funny because you 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 compare it to harlem globetrotters but also in some ways age of empire made twilight imperium a more strategic game because yeah. the strategy of vanilla ti is roll with the punches always be ready for what those new objectives hitting the board Mm -hmm. are going to be you don't know what to expect so you just need to be prepared for anything Mm -hmm. with age of empire you could plan out three rounds to a t i mean realistically yes you can't predict exactly what your opponents are going to do but it's the most i would say euro e that ti3 ever got i mean it's not i'm not saying ti3 is a euro game but i'm saying that's the closest TI3 ever got to, like, I can plan out exactly what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I know how to acquire I everything I want. Strategy, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that was always fun to just have a, a crazy, fast and loose, hyper-strategic game every mm-hmm. now and then. But there's less. There's a lot less room in it, you know? Yes. There's a lot less space for, like, 
just like i don't know everything else that a twilight imperium right. game can be there's a big part of twilight imperium for me that is about um it's a space opera the, simulation it's a, it's i can't believe this is the first simulation. time we've said this yeah that essentially that is what twilight that imperium is what is. first hooked us about it too yeah. it's like the idea that you can do politics and you know people talk about wanting to role play with twilight imperium and i don't think we've ever like actively role played it's not like we've ever sat I don't down know, my, like, my necro is pretty good but <laughs> uh, but but within that there is definitely a like half role playing you get your race you see its abilities you see how it's going to work on the game board and you really start to feel that you know when, when you play as the clan Asar, you really feel this openness to just like vagabond go everywhere well really when ex- the when that race is when working, that ra- when that race works. Know, which, but in general that's my point is just the i am most intrigued by ti when the exploration elements are ramped up mm-hmm. i agree i agree and that's why you like distant suns and that's Let's why talk nobody about distant suns. <laughs> agrees with you so nobody <laughs> agrees with me and i i understand every single point that says distant suns are like everything that is i think you loved it for the potential of what it could be but not necessarily exactly, what it was exactly and you know honestly it's an okay it's a decently fun thing to play with when you do that we talked about this last week but they kind of did that hodgepodge modification of distant suns where it was less risky close to your home system and i like that more i do still think there are flaws in the system but you're exactly right the idea of distant suns is really what i want twilight imperium to go more in the direction of not I think it will be good for an expansion. I'm glad base game TI4 doesn't have some sort of mechanic like Distant Suns, but I really, really hope that the first expansion to TI4, they release some sort of exploratory Distant Suns mechanic mm-hmm. because that's that's where I want to be able to add in a thing. That's what I want to be able to have optional rules based around. It's all exploration, all discovery. Um, I just love TI when it's a game that you are sitting and casually playing all day. Everyone's methodically thinking about things, but also everyone's drinking and like getting distracted and having these long, drawn-out conversations about one single political scenario. And people talk about things that slow the game down, and I'm okay with a game going slow if everyone playing that game knows that that game is going to go slow. Right, and also it's just, I think it's... I don't know. I think a really good Twilight Imperium game, it ends and you feel like a real story mm-hmm. happened. Yes. And Distant Suns potentially, now yes. I I am not I'm not with you here, <laughs> but potentially could have been a wonderful note to mm-hmm. that story. Yeah. Basically. I think they had too much impact on your ability to set up the rest of your game. But yeah, if they were, if they worked in a way where it just added to the story and the flavor of what you were mm-hmm. doing, that's what I was always looking for. Yeah, I think I think of the tokens. I mean, there were just some some tokens in there that were just yeah, like this could too be much. depending on how this shakes and out. And all this could the have been really bad. all the rules within that too of like, do you raise? Do you scout? Like you know, you you could nuke the planets. You could have you could waste a turn discovering. Like it, all of that. Seemed... Those weren't choices I liked making. Exactly. exactly. I didn't. Enjoy I didn't either. I didn't either. So the, the mechanics surrounding distant suns, I didn't work. It really only comes down to thematically. I was always very, very interested and intrigued by Distant Suns. I mean, yeah, I think the dream is, and and we kind of talked about this before when we were doing kind of some pre-production on this game, but I think the dream is, uh, I don't know if any of you guys have ever played the game uh, FTL. Yeah, Faster Than Light. Yeah, Faster Than Light, the indie music game. Whose music is done by Ben Ben the person who does our music. Who does our music. Well, he doesn't do our music. We're using his music. Um, But regardless... um, 
to have you know in the in FTL in that world the way you know that you jump to a system and yeah. then there's a little mini story yes. that basically happens. Uh, I think if Twilight Imperium could have could integrate that mm-hmm. into the that would be beautiful. That, that would, would be, be huge. That would be so great. Yeah. Um, and I think for some people, even the way they play Twilight Imperium, that is like incompatible with the way that right. they think about it. But yeah. like, yeah. I've definitely got room in my heart for that. For that. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's flip the script a little bit and talk about the mechanic that you love thematically and you think is interesting, but I think just doesn't work, and I have never had fun doing. Do, do you want to talk about mercenaries? I want to talk. Tell me about mercenaries. Okay, so yeah, this is. Uh, I think I, it's fun because I when I think about mercenaries, I feel like it's like what makes me quirky as yeah. like a <laughs> Twilight Imperium player because I don't feel like it's very popular. Um, I thought mercenaries were great. I think they had a lot of really interesting abilities. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just really dug them. Um, there was one in particular, a mercenary that had an ability to cancel out a specific tech. Like it mm-hmm. would just, you would name a tech when you would fight with this mercenary and Hey, you can't use that tech. There were mercenaries that ha- basically had the Yin Brotherhood ability where you could, uh, sacrifice them and, but make, it was better. But it was better. <laughs> it was, it was better than the Yin Brotherhood. ability. Everyone who gets a Yin Brotherhood ability gets a better version of the Yin Brotherhood. Yeah. Nobody ability. gets the bad version of it. Um, they were just, they were just fun. Like they were a nice little addition. I think the problem with them was them being integrated to trade felt kind the of strange. The mechanics surrounding mercenaries I thought were all bad. The way you got mercenaries, mm-hmm. the way it impacted trade, the the, the way specifics. they were like at the top of a uh, top of a stack. Yeah, and like you could only pick between two, and then you get rid of the other right. one. Right, and the way they even looked on the board, like having these cardboard units in the mix of the rest of your That's true. plastic they, units. They weren't it very sexy. Like a, it felt like a like. I don't want to say sloppy because I don't think they were sloppy. There was a lot of thought in Mercenaries, but it just didn't fit with the aesthetic of everything else that was going on. Also, like all the weird rules of like they could operate on the ground versus they could operate in the space. See, that's another reason I love them. It was also complex to me. Like it just was, it was, I don't know. I feel like if they ever came back to Mercenaries, which I'm almost sure they will because there's enough people that are a huge fan of them, I think you're going to see a completely new design choice with them and I, would, I think that's the, similar with distant suns i think that's what mercenaries require is like it's another thing where the idea is awesome but i just don't think it wasn't work. executed correctly right. basically um yeah no i would love to see mercenaries come back um and with just a completely different way of acquiring yes. them i think was really the problem yes. um but yeah no i i i loved them uh it it's a shame i can't remember more of their abilities there's a lot of really good ones in there yeah um and yeah, there's like there's there are ones that like force you to sacrifice a unit at the beginning. Uh, there's like there's all kinds. They, right. They're they're great. If you read through their abilities, you're gonna. See I a think lot of the idea stuff. is people enjoy having like in TI people like having their faction with all these new crazy abilities, and I think people just want more and more and more and more of that. People all consistently want more and different ways to have crazy abilities that shake up the game. That is mm-hmm. what TI three or that's what TI is all about. Is just like things that impact the whole game in crazy ways and mercenaries are a perfect example of that of just like here's a unit that's just gonna have this crazy ability and you're gonna play fast and loose with it and you're probably gonna lose it but you're gonna for two rounds have this awesome weird ability and i liked that they are singular that that yeah. it's, it is yeah. like a you don't have a fleet right and, but also that only one person can have that one mercenary mm-hmm. at a time mm-hmm. so like it wasn't like it i don't know it didn't it wasn't like a global thing it was right. just like ooh, i got a hold of that one he's a great that's like my favorite mercenary yeah. like anytime i got uh the i think it's like five two six something it's like a right. robot mercenary. The, mercenary the lizix mercenary uh or was it lizix i don't even know but it regardless uh 
I love that guy. Every time I got that guy, I was like, oh, this is like my favorite. Yeah. So let's hit some quick points. Um, th- these are things that there's not a lot to discuss. Uh, it's just more of these optional rules that um, I think are fun, despite how often they are probably convoluted or or any optional rule suffers from the problem of being an optional rule, right? right. Like, So I'm, we're not going to hit any of those points anymore, but just know every single one of these, we accept that the problems of these rules are probably the rules surrounding them are are weird and annoying and they're inserted in the games and you have to reteach stuff and it's just convoluted it's a convoluted process but i'm gonna miss things like shock troopers i love how dynamic things could be i just love hope's end as a planet in general Mm -hmm. um and yeah the whole system around shock troopers i thought it was great it gave it gave this D &D impact to your dice rolls because so often battles in ti3 can have this i don't know i compare it to like axis and allies and risk where Sometimes you're not having any fun actually rolling those dice. You roll it, and it's just like, oh my gosh, I keep missing. This is miserable. Mm-hmm. This fight didn't go at all the way it should have, like, statistically. Right, what a disaster. Right. This wasn't fun. But having this thing with ground forces where, like, oh, if I hit an at 10, if I crit, if I, crit I get to get this, yeah. like, superhero. Like, that was so fun and always so good. Yes, it was convoluted, but it was just this, like, super interesting. And you know what? Honestly, the biggest thing I liked about it, and this is the same reason I like mechanized units, is... I do think vanilla ground combat is boring. Yeah, it's true. I, I agree that there is a lot of other things going on in the game, and so it's not like I think there needs to be a huge focus on ground combat. So I get that they keep it simple, and I appreciate that for teaching it to new players. It's just like, you invade the planet with these single units. Right. But there's definitely something lacking from that of the same diversity that space combat has. Right. And shock troopers mixed with mechanized units mixed with ground forces made ground combat this interesting game within itself and i always enjoyed that the balance i feel like too it wasn't super solid for sure i think shock troopers were balanced yeah shock troopers are okay but mechanized mechanized units units, the problem with mechanized units is definitely um a a lot of issues um their cost versus their capacity versus what they rolled on made it i mean you should have all four. If you're playing with mechanized units, there's no reason not to have all four. Of your yeah, I built I built two last game I played. I think it was the only one who within built three them. rounds you had. Yeah, two. I was good. I was yeah. good to go. I was like feeling really, and it was necro too, so, so it was like really with, unnecessary yeah. for me to even like. I didn't really so need it because yeah. uh, they have like a lot of great uh, ground force unit abilities, anyways. Like yeah. The tech, anyways. They yeah, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, um, both of those things. I just liked having more dynamic ground combat um and and more impact to just what was going on within that because sometimes invading planets can feel a little bit like the added on part of yeah and of it can fights. be really boring to watch yeah. like two ground forces like have you ever seen that fight yes. where it's one ground force versus one ground force and they just can't hit Who's each other roll and it's the not eight first? happening Ooh. and it's just there's no yes. way and it just keeps and it's like dude like this has got to stop yeah. like someone throw out and an then in the card. end like one hits and the other hits too so they kill each other yeah. and it's like what, what an okay. anti-climax wow. yeah. that was so yeah. i've definitely seen that happen yeah, like, yeah. more than my fair For share sure. another one uh space mines i think a lot of people dislike space mines um, and I'll say this much: I almost never remember to use them. Yeah, see, it's that was the, my it's problem. It's my most forgotten rule that, like, I'm always in my head playing with it, but I just never remember to do it. But I think they're incredibly useful. I love what you can do with them. I love what it does to the game board and like how other player, like, as the game got more aggressive in later expansions, I loved that they introduced this mechanic that was like, okay, because people are going to be more aggressive, let's give you another tool to to counteract that and like let's give you more defensive measures and i loved it and and games where 
we established it in games with very good players that knew everything else really well, where we could like at the beginning of the game kind of give that like global reminder of like, guys, we're playing with space mines. Try to remember to use them. Those games were always very, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. If you had the, if you had the right group of people that just knew their thing. One thing I just realized though, that is going to be really great now that we have TI4 or not, not that we have it yet, but now that collectively we're all about to have it. Yeah. Um, is that we're all going to have the same baseline. Yes. So, like, the thing, me and Matt, we got into TI3 pretty much, like, right when the last expansion yeah, we had were, just we come were late out. In the pretty game. Much. We were admittedly oh, yeah, late we, in the game. We were late. Um, I mean, we've been, like, diehards ever since, right. but it was basically once the last expansion came out is when we, we joined the got into it. Yeah. Um, which means that we didn't get to grow with the game. Right. So I think that's the reason some of these things got left out of our games for so long yes. was it was just like, and one more thing. But that isn't going to happen this right. time because we're going to be in on t- base TI4. So if they add space mines into the next game, I think we're going to integrate that into our yeah. play style a lot better than we did, I'd say, within the, the lifespan of TI3. Right, right. So uh, one more thing uh, before we hit our last point. Um, on the same note of Distant Suns and this ex- exploration thing, um, nothing got that better than the Final Frontier. Final Frontier edition. was the perfect, like, kind of uh, easy uh, compromise of yes, distance. Of distance it, I would auto include that even in games with new players because it was so easy for someone to understand what the impact of that was going to be versus the impact of what a token on a planet was going to be, mm-hmm. and it gave a reason for that exploration feel. Right, right. The, there was almost never a reason to activate an empty space. If the token, I should I should word it this way. If the tokens aren't on the game, people are going to activate empty space in a lot of different ways. But with the tokens on the game, most of the time you only activate the empty space with the sole purpose of exploring. Right, checking it out. And if anything, I kind of always wanted them... They they scaled back how intense or how often you could get intense things from Final Frontier. Mm -hmm. And I almost wish they hadn't because the the fact that you're only going there to explore means you get to get a little bit dicier. It kind of gives you more... Yeah, exactly. And so... I always wanted to see even more. I, I wish there had been a f- one more TI expansion that could have added more Final Frontier. Yeah, towers. it's interesting too. It's almost like a, the classic, like kind of naval thing of like the here there be monsters yeah. kind of deal, where it's like out in the great unknown of right. like space. Yeah, it's cool, and it was just so simple. I mean, there's almost not even that much to talk about with it because it's just like. There's these tokens. Sometimes you get attacked. Sometimes you get attacked. Sometimes it's a supernova, and I'd like it ruins to, everything. I'd like to hear uh, if anybody doesn't like it. I'd yeah, like, yeah what, I've always what just do you not like about it? <laughs> everyone loves Final Frontier, and yeah, if you don't like it, maybe it's the same swing problem as Distant Suns. But I don't think it ever had as big of a of a problem because I don't think I've ever the, seen it really hurt or super right. help anybody's the, game. The like fact that way. Distant Suns can hurt you, and then also it's slowing down your expansion that's what makes it too much mm-hmm. if distant suns didn't stop you from invading the planet ever if it was always just something you get or something you lose but you're always going to get the planet i don't think distant suns was would be as bad of a thing yeah i agree because I agree. what hurts about distant suns is that you might not gain any planets round one and then you are screwed like you yeah. are definitely screwed if that happens to you your game is over so Ugh. The last thing to talk about um, that we're both going to miss, and I think this is the biggest, the biggest loss from TI3, um, and probably the very first thing that I will start including from my my base, or from my TI3 game into TI4, is artifacts. Mm-hmm. And honestly, from a design perspective, I, I get that they're just trying to keep it simple for TI4, and that's why I can see artifacts not being included. But I also think artifacts are very easy to understand, and they play into the philosophy that TI4 has, which is get around the board more. 
it's not all about Mechatolrex. Mechatolrex is important, but get next to people, get up in each other's faces, and be present everywhere on the board. And mm-hmm. Artifacts did that. That if More than any other mechanic, Artifacts is what got TI3 competitive. Yeah. Um, before, it was very Cold war but as soon as we had four Artifacts on the board, people really wanted to get out there. And, and I'm just digging in yes. on a system with an Artifact yeah. on it, like seeing it and being like, okay, to keep it this now. is mine, and yeah. I'm keeping it for the entire game. Like, yeah, I... I love that. I love the dynamic of it. I loved when someone was at nine points and they went all in mm-hmm. on trying to take an artifact from somebody else for the win. That's like, it was almost like there would be, it would create these dramatic moments mm-hmm. where we needed someone to win a fight for the entire board. Yeah. Like, And compare that to, oh, they only need that objective that requires them to buy one more tech. Oh, and they just bought that tech. Yeah, I guess we have to go for their home system. The only way we can stop them is everyone targeting their home system. Oh, versus... and I always hated games like that exactly. where it was just like everybody is trying to grab this home system right, like right at the but end. But if you there. have one artifact that you could just pull from them, it's a much less committal but same outcome way to deal with those big players. It also kind of... It, I don't know. There were There were games, I feel like, where someone would get in early... Like a lot of times, to me... I would try and not reveal an artifact early. Yeah, definitely not. Because the, a lot of times a person who revealed it isn't the one who got to keep it no. all the way to the end of the game. I wouldn't even try to keep it. If if I yeah, wanted to no, expand to that either. planet just to get the plant like to get the money from the planet, I would be very open with like neighbors about like, hey, I do not care about this point right now. You right. can you yeah. can if you decide to come take this planet, let's have a conversation because I'm not gonna right now defend it to the bitter end. My general policy was depending on the planet and yes. its value um if i had it in the mid game i would consider digging in i would consider plopping down a space dock and being like this is no one is getting in this is where the pds are going this is where i'm always gonna have a big fleet here and this is my staging area basically for the rest of the game but beside beyond that i played pretty fast and loose with them the way i always played with i'm always willing to lose it as long as i can maintain a fleet that's going to be able to take it back next round right and nothing was more fun to me than a last round where I pull off a victory because I took every artifact or yeah. every artifact in range. Like I that, was... that was what is most fun to plan for me. We talked about Age of Empire and like being able to plan out these in-depth strategies because of all the objectives. Artifacts did that just by existing on the board of like, okay, I got to take that red one and I got to take that yellow one, which means I need to this round position my fleets so that they're close enough so the next round I can score the points with the objectives and the artifacts. And it all culminates in this crazy rush of points that no one expected yeah and that feeling of like realizing that your opponent has a path to victory and they're about to take it Mm -hmm. uh like that was always very exciting to me that would always i felt like that was something that we gave each other many times in our uh, twilight (laughs) imperium history was just that in fact sometimes there were moments where i would see matt's path to victory he would fail and then i would steal his plan (laughs) yeah so I think that's where we can kind of wrap this discussion up. Um, this is another one we want to hear a lot about you guys from of, of what you guys are gonna miss. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into Sarada and talk about what you guys aren't gonna miss because that conversation there's still definitely a lot to talk about. But uh, for next week, please send us um, what you are gonna miss, and even more so, we're now putting out the call for send us your favorite memories. Yeah, of your TI. your Twilight Imperium stories, and please be. Like as specific as yes. possible, write them out for us. We have an episode planned, um, not next week, but the week after, 
to um, just try and get as many community stories together yes. as we can and read through them. Uh, we obviously we're going to give credit to everybody who right. writes into us. That's very important to us. We want we want this to be a big contribution episode, and we really, I mean, if anything, we just want to read out your stories and share them with as many people as we can because um, we're we're really wrapping it up here with TI three, and uh, it's I think it's important to get people to understand as we build up to TI four and more and more people are are coming to these different resources, coming to all of our different forums. Um, we want to be able to share with people like, this is why we play TI3 mm -hmm. and this is why you should be excited for TI4. Please play this game with right. us. Right. And, and presumably there are a lot of people jumping on board yes. with TI4 that never really got to experience and never really will now. They maybe played one game and it kind of petered out. They mm -hmm. played for six hours and everyone had two points and they just didn't see what was so great about it. So please send us your best crazy moments your best dynamic ones there was a thread on reddit the other day of just talking about how ridiculous people talk during twilight imperium yeah, sometimes like, just like how dirty like. things get yeah. or how whatever like send us all of those stories give yeah. us everything you got and we're uh, next week we're actually going to do our uh, a lot of we'll our, do our own, own stories from our group um yeah. and games that me and matt have played with each other a lot of stuff like that me and matt have been furious at each other so many times yes. over games of twilight imperium Many, many, many times. Many, many times. Upset. And that's in what the makes face. us such bad friends. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll catch you in the errata. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Welcome to another Space Cats Twilight Errata. We done messed up. We done, we done messed up that intro. We done and let's messed up, mess up our ne last episode. Next, <laughs> next episode, we're going to do an errata being like, we messed up that intro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's let's jump in. Last week we talked about the things we didn't like. Uh, this is really just a continuation of the same discussion we've been having. This isn't like a normal errata. This is actually more just us uh, putting your guys' thoughts yeah. into the discussion, like what yeah. you guys have been talking about. Basically. So let's start with, I think, maybe one of the longer points we're going to have. Jesper Person from Board Game Geek uh, basically brought up trade contracts and how boring and uninspired they are. And you know what? We agree. Yeah. 100%. Really, really, really boring. Uh, I love I think the trade system. Yeah. I love that trade exists, but now seeing how much different and better it can be, it really shines a light on how boring trade contracts are. And we've talked, uh, well, I think we made this point before, but basically uh, that a lot of the times, especially if the trade king was like a newer player, yeah. um, it was mostly just peace against the galaxy yeah, or pe peace amongst the galaxy where everyone is trading with each other yeah. in like the most obvious like right. three for three, two for two kind right. of way. Um, and yeah, it, I don't think it, I think there was a lot of thematic ideas they right. had with trade that I never really saw represented in any games. Right. Right. Yeah. Just the idea too, that like we talked about how like the strength of the Hakan was that it was this passive ability that you could kind of just rake in the money. That's what continued to make trade sort of boring sometimes was just like, oh yeah. And I'm going to passively make some extra money off the top. And it didn't feel like. You had to do anything, especially like base game when people were already very passive. It was so easy to maintain trade negotiate, like main maintain those trade routes. Mm -hmm. um, that it's just like, what? No, I I don't need to attack that guy. Mm -hmm. And but as the game got more aggressive, I had more reasons and more like 
conversations with myself of like, oh man, do I need to break this trade contract? Or they even had so many secret objectives that were literally, I attack someone who I have a trade contract with or whatever. Right, yeah. Um, so they tried to really break that up. But yeah, there's definitely a problem early on. Where the it's commodity just like, system is so much, so much better. better. The fact that they're not specifically tied to a yes. card, that they're a more malleable currency. Yes. So great. Yeah, and I mean, like, there were times where there would be TI3 games where I would, I remember I had a game where I was Hakan and like, everyone like every everybody just had really bad contracts yeah. like it was just me and all the worst yes. trade contracts and then it so trade was, just became a non-starter yeah, yeah and it just felt kind of silly and I, and like times where i would basically be paying out i felt like i was giving more out to my neighbors yeah. than i was getting in return and i don't know it was just is is goofy it was right. a goofy system it it did spark the imagination though so much like politics right where it's like oh this is a really exciting idea and it this doesn't to work this way right exactly but i mean i didn't i didn't hate it i had a lot of fun the last game we played yes. uh canceling your two cr- trade contracts with and uh, really and actually uh i want to say this might be a good time to say i realized afterwards that it was kind of unnecessary for me to do that you were being very spiteful i was i was very very angry <laughs> Um, I kind of want to go over a bunch of um, basically what I'm just I just put the list of arbitrary rules a lot of these don't um, require getting into deep detail on but a bunch of you guys brought up different things the, the biggest two contributors to this list are uh, Kraken Games and Worm Johnson from uh, Board Game Geek the the list is um, scuttling units was a huge pain in the butt yeah um, these are all these are all rules that this is kind of what we were discussing earlier. Something where you could never remind someone that this was a rule until they did it wrong. And then you had to be like, oh, no, you can't do that. Scuttling units was one where it's like, I can I, I so just want to get rid of this destroyer so that I can put a dreadnought here. Oh, no, you, you kind of can't unless you <laughs> do. Yeah, it sucks, huh? And transfer actions were the same thing where it's just like, ah, there's these really specific situations. I can't believe scuttling was as complicated yeah, as it is, actually. To, if you think about bo- it, it's really mind-blowing. Yes. Like, yeah. um, retreating is a really big one. Um, the way retreating used to work, like the, ori- the base the original, game retreat. You never retreated. Oh, yeah. It's no, just like, why even have mechanic? Uh, that, that one was specifically brought up by Craig. I can't games. imagine throwing a command counter down somewhere to yeah. be like, well, I'm I could maybe retreat, retreat there, there later. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that. Yeah. And that point got brought up about um, what maybe Warfare 1's sec- – we kind of harped on Warfare 1's secondary. Mm-hmm. And Schnooker from Reddit Twilight Imperium brought up that like maybe the idea of Warfare 1 was to set up these spots that you could specifically specifically retreat to. And like that is a good idea. That sounds kind of like what the design is intended to be. But, man, that requires a lot of forethought and a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of hindering – other potential future plans because you don't know if you're going to actually have to retreat like you're building this contingency to back out of a fight when it's like well but my goal should just be to win the fight i just think there's also too many moving parts in twilight imperium for you to really look at it and be like i am definitely about to be attacked you don't know what the secret is like i mean right the secret you don't know you haven't read the secret secret. (laughs) 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 another Another good one was uh, uh, flagships being built. Uh, this is something I actually forgot about until uh, Worm Johnson brought this up. The flagships you're not supposed to build outside of your home system. I'm pretty I'm sure pretty I've broken sure that rule a lot that of times. Been broken and many times and that rule is dumb. Like it's just that it makes. I guess it makes thematic sense, but it's so arbitrary and so many things. That That's just... not still a rule in TI4, right? Like, Absolutely not. Sure. No, yeah. Definitely. Positive. positive. We're positive. Positive. Okay. Uh, another one would be things like space docks and just how like when after I've built it, am I allowed to finally build out of it? Like 
when from when I take a planet, can I build the space? They just made all these arbitrary rules that describing to people take planet next round build space dock next round build out of space so dock. slow wow. so Three hard to like get a new process yeah miserable um another one was and we've talked about this in in excess but uh the sar and the arborec abilities just not working and being very fiddly um all of these things were just big. especially the sar like yeah. arborec i felt like i was able to get around it a little better a little bit but the sar the just SAR like just, i mean why I, can my space dock move if i can't build and move out of it i would just move it i I remember the couple times i would play there or play sar um i actually wouldn't play the way i think it was intended i would end up moving my space dock to just a place that i thought was really yeah you don't just leaving it there yeah you don't i yeah i rarely really explored everywhere in the galaxy and it was just instead like all right hope's end is my new home system right it was like there was some their racial tech that would allow you to park in asteroid fields if to me it would just be like get that put the space dock in the asteroid field if you had a good one yeah and i did one time i remember it was kind of cool if that's a, are you allowed to do that i thought so i thought I that know. was the whole point i don't remember is that not it? i didn't play enough with star i'm pretty sure i did that and if i did maybe we're i was have cheating to errata this <laughs> oh god we're gonna have to errata, errata. <laughs> we're not looking it up so i'm we're not just gonna move it on it's right over there in the box but i'm not doing it yep sorry uh and then one last kind of arbitrary thing this isn't so much an arbitrary point but um worm for life worm johnson brought up action card just the fluff just how many there are and for a while i thought i disagreed with this point because i think i liked um action cards always being a surprise i like there being a lot of action cards Mm -hmm. and so i didn't i could never memorize all of them i didn't really want to and i get from a strategic perspective that sucks and it's like how dumb is it to just have all these surprises thrown at you all the time but from a thematic but from a thematic perspective i really liked just not really being able to predict what was going to come yeah, beyond, beyond like by direct it. hit and local unrest i didn't really plan around any other action cards mm-hmm. um but the new deck they kept all the hits they kept all the good ones and they mm-hmm. got rid of the ones that were just pointless that just didn't do anything yeah there were so many cards that were so situational i had one card last game that we had to talk about because it was i had the i was the clan of Sar and i had an action card that literally was inoperable yeah within the clan of Sar's ability it was like a base game card it was a base right? game card that, yeah that just because of the wording of it made it literally impossible for me to use it, it required it it was in relation to space docks on planets and since star space docks aren't on planets it was like i can't do this at right all, period. yeah yeah just and so yeah sense. just just messy action cards like that the new ones just all seem to be even and better um but Within that, I will say one thing I, I'm maybe not looking so much forward to with uh, with TI4 action cards is kind of, it really doesn't feel like there's, as, there's, there's what, there's 50 action cards. Mm-hmm. And within that, it really feels like there's maybe like 10 action yeah. cards because there's a lot of repeats. And especially like with the new rider cards, the new rider cards are cool, but there are a lot of them i mean there's yeah, one for every basically single. doing the same thing and like having a slightly different effect and and yeah i think i'm i'm leery to see how great that's going to play out i'll the, be excited for more action cards to get added. there is a theme that i feel like we keep kind of in conversation circling back to in ti4 that does make me a little bit worried and it's this 
some aspects of the game seem to have a possible lack of variance to yes. the point where it might be like playing the game over and over. You might kind of feel yeah. like, oh, there's not enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was quite like an action cards, I think is a good example of this, of there being like so many action cards Things with all expansions really where, yeah, it feels like, I don't know. It was like just enough to always feel like it was getting shaken yeah. up within the, within the I, confines of one game. If my prediction about what their intent with TI four base game is true, I think an expansion will come out soon enough where you won't feel the well dry up. Really? I hope I so. so. I, I think, hope we're not I, like starving for exactly. an expansion. Exactly. I think yeah. you'll I think you'll have this expansion, you'll fe- you'll feel out all the beats it has to offer and you'll just as you're starting to wish for like more dynamic crazy stuff to start happening, the first expansion will come out and it'll be a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my prediction. They just needed to reset, and they needed to start from a baseline that was easier to build out of. Yeah, it's a solid baseline. Yes, for sure. Uh, another thing, maybe that uh, I, I don't think I'm going to miss eight player games. No, uh, some I people don't talked think I will about. Either. I think this is this is a big back and forth. We didn't do it very often. I think we, I think we've said this before, but we we really only ever had one seven player game, and no. Yeah, I don't think we games. ever had a. Eight and the player. one seven player game we had left a bad taste in my mouth. I just don't like the galaxy being that big. You've played an eight player game though, right? No. Without me? No, no, you never. No. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you had. No, no. Um, I uh, I don't. I just don't like the galaxy being that big for the same reason I don't like playing four player games there's too many resources on the board there's too mm-hmm. much stuff i don't like everyone being able to just sit fat and happy and not have to deal with each other not that i think that happens so much in an eight player game but i do just think it's it's just too big of a galaxy you're too far away from too many right people. there's too many people in the game that you will actually never, never encounter yeah and the thing is even in a six player game you're probably going to have an interaction with somebody across the yeah, table but in an eight you. player game the person who sits opposite of you it's very realistic to think yeah you'll, that's not gonna happen maybe in the last round of the game maybe that's it uh one other thing this yeah, is also well wait before we move on we didn't even make the most obvious point eight player a long game longer oh yeah like, no. yes 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 that that was the biggest problem with our seven player game was it was just took for forever so long that was the butthole brothers that was the butthole brothers game, game. that was we're gonna talk about that game we're so gonna talk about that yeah, game that's, a, that's a memory game that's a big game that was a oh man we gotta it's get a, one of those butthole brothers on here <laughs> to talk about to answer for their crimes <laughs> kraken games from board game had a good list I, honestly, I just want to repeat it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run through this list because I think it's a good. Dude, it list. was so solid. I don't, this guy, we, I agree with every single before. point. Yeah, Craig Games, new welcome guy. to the podcast. I just want to read off your list because it's great. I will not miss digging through multiple rule books, the online FAQ, and forums for rules. We talked about that. Totally agree. I well, will... well, well we, but we might have to do that. There might be. Who knows? You know, yeah, might that might be a thing. Um, but multiple rule books we don't have yet. Yeah, a rules reference is more evenly. Right, it's, right. It's, the rules reference will be the only thing you'll yeah. need physically. I mean, there's there. definitely already been lots of rules that people have been posting on the forums about questions about. But still, yeah, I'm just saying, never. You always yeah. have to go to Board Game Geek for something. For something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will not miss constantly passing the text tree diagram around. Yep, yeah. my neither will my rule book miss that. <laughs> I will not miss waiting around to build a new space. Yes, just talked yes, about that. Yes. I will not miss the rules about scuttling yes. units. I will not miss different complicated flavors of retreats. Yes. Yeah, all the different iterations of retreats. How many times mm-hmm. they tried to fix it and it just never worked. Mm-hmm. I will not miss unintuitive wormhole adjacency Ooh, we haven't rules. Talked about that. We haven't yeah. talked about this one. Um, and that one, honestly, the reason I don't want to talk about it is because I don't want to get into all the specific. Yeah, Jesus. Like I don't want to dig through it, and that's that is part of the problem of it. It's just like figuring out when it works, what can't, what isn't actually treated. You can't shoot a PDS through a wormhole. Like just the fact that Fourth Edition got rid of 
the fluff of that mm -hmm. so much better. I did not miss the old secret objective rules. Only one, no choices, no thanks. I agree. Uh, can't Which is wait. why we don't play that way. Which is why we don't play that. Yeah, we, we've been we, cheating with yeah, that for yeah, forever. We house rule, you draw two, keep one. It's way easier, and it's still flawed. Yeah. So, um... I will not miss trying to remember which ground forces were in which destroyed characters and which ones were in the in the surviving ones. Hundred percent agree there. More than anything, though, I hate. I, I'm not going to miss teaching players that they have to think about that. Mm -hmm. Having a fight kick off where I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure those two ground forces were in that carrier that you just decided to blow up, and they're like, oh, but does it matter? And I'm like, well, unfortunately, yes, it does matter. <laughs> Uh, can't wait for that to be gone. And also, I don't think I'll miss the transfer action. I never explained it to new players and felt it would be unfair to use it myself if it were ever advantageous. That's a great point. Um, I didn't take that philosophy, but I wish that I did because mm -hmm. I always tried to explain transfer actions and it was always a 30-minute long conversation. Right. And, and then still and then no not understanding. It. Yeah. Yeah, it just was yeah. not, not effective. Another big point to bring up, uh, Tilds of Thunder from Reddit Twilight Imperium really drove home a lot of Til points. Tildes of Thunder? Is that what it is? I think it's, there's an L in there. Tildes. Tildes of Thunder. Like <laughs> That's the, a good like name. <laughs> um, the, just talking about... Tildes of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Brought up mechanized units and just how they're in, insanely powerful. I mean, really, the math works out to where, like, one mechanized unit is almost worth six ground forces. Especially me. if it's having a good day. Especially geez. if it's having a good day. Um, the fact, you know, it, it's... I, we talked about having dynamic ground combat mm -hmm. and i wish I, I like mechanized units but they almost didn't make it more dynamic there were more units down there but the fact that they would just steamroll would make it just like oh if you if if my mechanized unit is up against no mechanized units i'm gonna win that fight. right and honestly honestly it just made the the landscape of ground force combat boring in a new way yes because at most the way i would do it was that mechanized unit would be like hanging out on his own yeah or with one other and then that way the rest of the capacity could just be fighters right. which is what you wanted anyways right, right? i mean you didn't you don't want to have to haul around a big ground force yeah be, because it doesn't help you in space combat right. so like it's you a know. waste of your space yeah uh tango swordsman uh, replied and said, you know, th there's definitely some balancing there than the fact that you could only have four. It wasn't like normal ground forces where you could have infinite. And I agree with that point, but they were they were even more powerful where that just wasn't enough. I mean, they were they were. I hope we didn't see mechanized units in TA4 because they're still working on the redesign of them and that yeah. we'll see them come back, but in a more balanced way. I would like to see different types of ground forces that aren't that. I don't know. I'm now I'm asking for something kind of crazy, yeah. but the way destroyers kind of do like a specific type of pre-fire, yes. like it's like something. I don't know if we need like ground forces to just scale up because then right. if all the units, if all the ground forces are basically just the same type of unit, but they just get better, the best unit is always going to be just yeah. like what you kind of stack. I think that's maybe something we have lost in the tech system changing so much. There were way more green techs that changed ground forces in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and. Since some of those have been combined, you're going to see a lot of players have the same types of ground forces. But definitely, I'll be excited to see how players with a lot of green tech play against players with not a lot of green tech and see how effective, you know, see how well Dax of Animators works mm -hmm. against other people, stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see if that is good or if we're going to desire more out of our ground forces, yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. I would, I, I don't know. I think... I really liked the direction they were going with shock troopers yes. of it being That's like your ground more. forces can like sort of level up or just kind of change dynamically, yeah. but you can't build them. Yes. You can't start them. The that idea way. that you would get hopes end and that you could use it to make these special ground forces that 
was really cool yes, and that definitely. was an interesting way to augment dude What's, the best would be like if there was a distant sun token that added a special legendary right, unit or something right. you know what i mean like now we're really into theory we're crafting getting, i'm we're crazy, crazy. And what, what, you should what is, see my eyes they're wide <laughs> what, what's unfortunate too about coming up with those things is like it requires a lot of these extra rules to be added into the mechanic for the mm-hmm. mechanic to work and that's i definitely think what they are avoiding so if we ever see added units like this I just don't know how it's going to work because, I mean, as of right now, we just don't even have space on the faction sheet to put a new unit. For new units. So are there going to be new units at all in the expansions? Or is or is it – are we only going to see maybe new upgrades? Maybe that's how you change your units is they add in way more dynamic, cheap upgrades that give smaller benefits, but that's how people change up all of their stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be interesting if uh... – there was a type of unit that instead of it just being like a and like a little tree for the unit, right. or instead of it just being like, here's the better version right. and it's for sure better, it's like, well, you could take your ground forces this yes. direction, this direction, this direction. Right. Yeah. Like that that would be really that cool. Excites me. Yeah. And if anything, maybe they're even maybe they all cost the same. It's just like you need mm-hmm. this much to get a new ground force, but here's all the different types of ground forces you can get. It could Pick be a one. cool way to make them dynamic without also like putting too much into it. You know, yes. at the end of the day, Twilight Imperium is about space combat right. over ground combat. Definitely. Ground combat is just supplemental. Definitely. One last point we want to talk about, and this isn't a direct errata to anything specifically brought up in episode 7. This is more addressing what we feel might be a misconception about us as players a little bit. Yeah. So the general theme has been, in par with our uh, discussion on Yin Brotherhood and our dislike of them, uh, we talk a lot about early game aggression and kneecapping and the benefits of that. And I think players might be thinking Hunter and I are are very non-aggressive players or like really passive yes. in our way of playing um, and that was definitely true early on as yeah, i think, I think it's, it's true, true with for a lot most of groups yes. yeah um but here is what hunter and i have learned about twilight imperium over the years if it doesn't get you a victory point it's not worth doing period mm-hmm. like if it does not somehow within two rounds lead to you getting some sort of victory point it is not worth doing. The only exception to that rule is first round expanding because you need to get your economy of course. online. Well, that, and that does serve And that, that does serve that purpose of, well, you're going to need to spend eight resources to get a victory point later on or whatever. And so the big thing is we thought about this because we played this game. We kind of keep bringing up uh, the other day where I was a clan of Sar, Hunter was a necrovirus. We were neighbors. We were neighbors. Round two, I dug in very, very deep into Hunter's pie slice four vps four, four vps i got my vp and then i left because there's no there was no purpose in me staying there and trying to just like eliminate hunter from the game because to my he left would not have won the embers of muat player was slowly bearing down on me with his war sons and he would have just taken i mean not i was clan of star right so there's an argument of i should just leave but i was going to spend too much in losing my own units fighting hunter beyond getting that vp and then getting out and then i struck into matt's pie slice the next round in fact i took both of his neighboring systems on either side of his home yeah, system he penciled me he he, he cornered me and i only had one route out of my home system and, and i got what? my prelim and a public objective yes. out of doing that all for points it's always for points so aggression is good and aggression is smart and races that have early game aggression abilities those are good races but our biggest argument for or against them is 
because the game only has so many public objectives revealed early on and the current status is there's not a ton of objectives that specifically relate to aggressive actions we don't see the power in those abilities yet mm-hmm. in ti3 you have specific objectives that are just like i blew up three enemy ships okay well when i'm an aggressive race i'm gonna do that right away i want to because yeah, i want to get course. my secret objective now and so I think that's what I'm hoping we get more of, maybe in an expansion or something, or we're hoping players learn to play against is that aggression is good because you can establish claims on things that get you victory points. Yeah, it can it being aggressive can like create a larger pie slice yes. for yourself. In fact, a lot of a lot of times how it'll end up for me is I will strike into someone's pie slice very dramatically yes. to take a VP that I need and then in leaving and backing off i've kind of redefined our borders a little bit i'm gonna keep this plan because the thing is every time i've witnessed someone really encroach and have a double-sized pie slice their other neighbor is what becomes the problem or the entire rest of the board right so the thing is that i i think to some in the way that people have talked about as if as if they understand us as being like very passive players what i would say to you is that it sounds to me if you're getting away with all of this very early aggressive without being a, a, like punished yeah. in some way, it sounds to me like maybe that's a more passive bo- like table that you're yeah. playing. Yeah, like, you, you are getting I mean? to like, abuse your willingness to be aggressive on players who are not aggressive with you. I'm just saying if you're playing at a table full of people that all really know how to play Twilight Imperium, you're going to get punished for... like it's in a weird way it's almost like mutually assured destruction in yeah. like real life yeah um if one person really really destroys another player the rest of the table is going to respond to that yeah. pretty unfavorably yes and it just depends i mean sometimes i could imagine like looking at a table especially probably not early game but maybe late game where it's like i can really afford to eliminate my neighbor yeah and no one's going to be able to stop me right now that's that's different. that is different yeah Definitely. But basically, I guess, essentially, I just feel like the difference that maybe we have with some uh, with some members of the community is that we really let victory points guide our yes. strategy to every game of Twilight Imperium. Right. VPs really tend, whatever objectives are on the board really should dictate the what way you're that doing. you're playing that game. For sure. Yeah. So that is where we will wrap it up. Um, we want to put the call out again. Keep sharing Twilight Imperium 4 with people. Keep telling them about the game. Uh, we just want so many people to play this game. Share this podcast with people. Uh, a new thing we want you to keep doing is rate us. Rate us on iTunes. You oh, can please, rate our Facebook page. Please rate page. us. That helps so much. All that does is it, it moves us up in rankings. It makes us more visible. And we aren't specifically asking that for ourselves, but... We have been contacted by multiple people that say this is a resource that has helped them get more new players on board. So if we want to keep growing this community, we just want our resource and all of the other great resources out there to be things that we keep sharing with each other. For sure. So having us more visible on the charts is part of that. Um, Like us on Facebook. We are Space Cats Peace Turtles. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Space Cats Pod. Uh, when you tweet about our show, use the hashtag Space Cats Peace Turtles. Uh, always use the hashtag TI4. I think uh, Fantasy Flight uses that one a lot, and they pay mm-hmm. attention to those discussions. So, uh, yeah, just just keep up 
all the good work. We just want everyone to play this game. Yeah, we just want it to be as big as possible. I got one more thing I would like to say. Um, This kind of got brought up in a random like Reddit post on the Twilight Imperium Reddit recently. Um, But me and Matt live in Portland, Oregon in the Mm -hmm. Pacific Northwest. If you are someone that has like a group of people and you would like to play Twilight Imperium, feel free to hit us up and let us know. Like we, we want to play this game as much as possible. And we have taught a lot of new players, so particularly if you have a like a large group of experienced players, we would love to hear we from you. We, to hear we from want you. you. <laughs> we really want you. And it didn't even click until just recently that yeah. that was even something we could An do. <laughs> yeah, but if you live in the Pacific Northwest in general, um, Olympia, Seattle, Portland, like yeah. let us know. Eugene, all of right. uh, all of these places, right. like let let us know. Let us know. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll hear back from you next week. Yeah, bl- well, it looks like we're blasting off again. That's the second time you've done that joke. Have I? You've done that joke before. I don't I've know done I that joke before? Edit. I don't know if I put it in the edit. Oh. Uh-oh. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. And thank you to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>